Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me on, especially when everything is going on in Wexford. God, my heart goes out to everyone involved. Well, we appreciate that, and it has been a very traumatic 24 hours, that's for sure, in this yeah. county. Um, oh, I have God. to confess, I absolutely hide under the carpet, and not the carpet, under, <laughs> under the, behind the couch. I absolutely hate horror movies I'm sorry I'm not a horror fan at all I really I wouldn't sleep for a month if I watched one so are you going to convert me today I think I'm going to try I won't convert you but I'm certainly going to try and push you gently in the direction of horror because really there's a horror film for everybody I'm committed to that idea with, with that in mind then, you have penned a book. It's about to be launched in hardback tomorrow at the James Joyce Centre in Dublin. Can you tell us about the book? Yeah, so the book is accumulation of a long bit of research that I did throughout my PhD. And what I was doing when I was working in the genre of horror was I started seeing this repetition the whole time where... Even from the, like, the 18th century, people were blaming popular culture and they were blaming horror for antisocial behaviour, for women acting uppity, for children acting out, for people acting antisocially. And I was like, what is this all based on? Because we all have this kind of idea that, you know, media effects um, tend to or allegedly um, cause violent um, behaviour in children. You know, every time there's this gun shooting or something like that, video games and horror films are always trotted out as a possible uh, cause for making children the way they act. And I was like, what is this actually based on? So I kept going back and I kept going back. And what I did was I looked at four major eras of controversy with horror. That was the 1930s horror cinema, 1950s horror comic books, 1980s, most famously, video nasties, the 90s video games. And then I finished by looking at more kind of... um the digital and, and cyber horror, things like Slenderman and Momo Challenge and things like that. And I saw this myth that really media effects are completely and utterly unfounded and built upon a straw house. And I just thought that was fascinating to me. Okay. Is it your yeah, first book, so is it? Is it your first one? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's my first book, so really, really happy with that. It's a long time coming. <laughs> so can you tell me, what is it about, if I'm petrified by horror movies and yeah. horror books, what is it about horror that you love so much? You've given us some sort of an insight in what you just described there, but in general, yeah. what is it about horror? And what, what do you like, what movies do you like, horror-wise? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about it is horror is incredibly subjective. So you can never force horror on anybody because I think you can't force anything on anyone. So horror is incredibly subjective. But really, horror kind of operates on a couple of different levels with people. And one of my absolute icon heroes is godfather of zombie films, and that's George Romero. And he had a very simple way of describing horror. And he described horror like a lasagna. And on the top of a lasagna, you have all the cheese and you have all the kind of the gooey bits and the nice bits. And you can eat that if you want. But if you want to go down into the layers, you can. And that's where all the real good stuff is. Hmm. And it's a really simple way about thinking about horror because what horror does actually is it gives us this entertaining, escapist, fantastical space to discuss if we want to 
really complex things that we don't really like talking about, like death, mental health, um, abuse, things like that. Really complex things. And we can look at them in this kind of safe space. And really, that's how I always look at horror. It's a safe space to look at really unsafe things. So if you even take something like um, the 1980s, it was all about slasher films and it was all about kids in peril. And really what that was doing is it was a whole commentary on parents. Will you just listen to your children? Just mind what they're saying. Because if you look at that whole decade, it's an entire decade of absent parents. And it's just children wanting their parents to help them. When they look, they're not there. So for me, that's kind of what I love about horror, is going in under the layers, going into the lasagna. <laughs> going into the lasagna. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, maybe <laughs> now you've helped me because I absolutely love yeah. lasagna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But, um, yeah. But I mean, look, at the other side of it then as well, of course, it's fun. It's all about the frisian. You know, it's all about this idea of waking you up from your slumber. It's like when you yeah. step out in front of a bus and your friend grabs you by the shoulder and says, whoa, mind. And you kind of have this little mini heart attack, but you get this adrenaline rush. And you kind of, it's like that whole thing, memento mori. Remember, you're alive. I remember you're alive. Um, what about the myths then that uh, you can't sleep at night? Where do you where do you stand on that one? Yeah, so I mean, listen, it's kind of you know a friend of mine um, works um, in a restaurant, and they and a lot of time they have to test wine, and a lot of times they have to test a little bit too much wine, and sometimes they get the odd hangover. And the thing about watching horror films is that people say to me, "Do you not get scared from horror films?" And I'm, I'm actually a terrible scaredy cat, and I would get sometimes while I watch a film from by myself, I have to turn on every light on my way to um, to bed that night. But really, horror films, they're there to kind of give you this space to explore all the stuff you don't want to think about. And I mean, I've gotten nightmares from going to bed after watching EastEnders. So the thing about it is, is that it, it really, again, is one of those misnomers about horror films and nightmares. They're not going to give you nightmares any more than going to bed on a full stomach would. What do you say to uh, people who say horrors and other types of films in that genre influence people to commit crimes and murders? Absolutely. Well, the the, the book very much goes deep, deep, deep into that myth. And really what it is, there's actually no factual evidence to support that. That horror films, violent media, video games, in any way influence people to behave like that. What often happens is, is that when someone commits an atrocity like that, we search for answers. We're like, why does someone do that? Like, if you take one of the most famous cases, um, certainly, uh, that affected Ireland, because by proximity, of course, with the UK, was the James Bulger murder in the early 90s. And that, there was just a tiny little nugget of information that was just thrown out as a hangover from the video nasties. And that's that the father of one of the children who committed the, the murder had seen Child's Play, Child's Play 3. The two boys had never actually even seen the film. But yet this whole myth again enveloped the court case about how horror films um, affected children. And the problem is, is that people turn around and said, but hang on, the two children didn't even see that film. And then the narrative became, well, it doesn't matter if they didn't see him, horror films still affect people. 
and still affect people negatively. And the problem is, is that you can't think like that. And that's how this myth really developed. It's like, oh, I know the evidence isn't there, but it's, it's common knowledge. And the fact is, is that the evidence isn't there, that, that, that horror harms. Could you see yourself writing more about this topic over the coming years, Sarah? Oh, I could see myself writing forever on this topic. It's, I mean, horror, I think horror is a vocation. It's not a career. (laughs) It's something, there's always something new around the corner. There's always something fresh. There's always something new to keep writing on. One particular area that I'm fascinated on is the area of moral entrepreneurship in which people actually make a living out of telling people how to live their lives. And I find that fascinating, especially from an Irish context, considering how repressive many um, institutions have been over the last 150 years. So that's something that I'm particularly interested in, and especially when they use popular culture like horror as a kind of a, a stick to beat us with, about don't watch this, don't do that, don't do this do everything my way and I'm fascinated by that sort of thing If I am to uh, watch a horror movie what would you suggest? Right, so do you know what? I actually watched this with my dad over the weekend and he loved it and he wouldn't be one for the gore or anything Well, I'm a big one into my zombie films and there's a brilliant zombie film called Pontypool and it's got hardly any zombies in it and what it's about is a radio station uh, DJ, so like yourself and the, the the zombie apocalypse starts. But instead of a bite, words are infected and the whole thing takes place in a radio station. So that's definitely one I think <laughs> that would appeal to you. <laughs> okay, well look, we leave it there for the moment, Sarah. And uh, <laughs> the book itself, just remind us again and where we can get it, please. Yeah, so the book is currently available on Amazon. It's going to be coming out um, at the end of this year in softback. Um, so it'll be much more available when it comes out then. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.